Hey guys, it's Jacob. Welcome to FP and Play. Today we're going to review Justice League. Um, yeah, today we have two guests instead of one. Um, we have my friend Kieran. Hello, Kieran. Hello. And we have um, his father, Mr. Um, Kyle Wood or Mr. Wood. Either works. They're both the same person. I have an um, alias, Mr. And, uh, hello, Poppy. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Good. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It's good to be back. So, let's start out with our first uh, segment today. It is, um, can't wait. Is it time yet? Is it time I can't wait? Is it time yet? Is it time I can't wait? Okay, first segment is Can't Wait. Can't Wait is a segment where we talk about stuff that we can't wait for or stuff that we want because it might be out. Do we have a theme for this Can't Wait or we just anything? So our theme today is mainly based to new technology, um, stuff that you would want for Christmas. We didn't say technology specifically. It's just things that you can't wait to possibly get uh, during the holidays. Yeah. Okay, since, um, let's see, Mr. Wood, since you're one of our guests, you get to go first. All right, I'm going to go lo-fi, and um, I have been really looking forward to getting some Duke gear for this Christmas, and it's like not just any Duke gear, it's this Nike PK80 set. <laughs> they have shoes and uh, uh, fleece and tees and all this gear for the Phil Knight 80 um, tourney that's going on this week. It's a one-time thing for Phil Knight, the the owner of Nike, who's turned 80, and it's really sick, and you can't get anywhere. And that's why I'm fever-pitched for it. So if, if the audio drops out on that, it's because we're Carolina fans in this house. So, okay. uh, and <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's really cool looking. Yeah. <laughs> I um, can't find anywhere. Kieran, since you're our other guest, um, what do you have? Um, honestly, technology. I I don't really have any technology that I want for Christmas. Well, it could be anything. Something I can't wait for is since I'm a Lego nerd, I can't wait for the new um, Black Panther sets. They've recently released some of the minifigures, and I'm excited for that movie along with the Lego sets. And so let me let me ask you this. Yeah. So I know in looking at the blogs and stuff, one of the best sources for spoilers is actually Lego sets. Right. Do you? I mean, so how closely do you follow that before the movie comes out? That has happened to me before. I've definitely looked at the set descriptions before the movies come out, and. Oh hey, um, I've pretty much already watched the movie. Um, right, I know what's gonna happen. Not really, but that happened recently with the uh, Avengers Infinity War sets. They had the um, set descriptions out yeah. that were leaked by some worker at Lego or something. And yeah, and that's that. the one I've been avoiding. But I remember during Civil War. Yeah, there was a ton giant of giant man. Giant yeah, man. the giant man giant. messed me up. Yeah, that was no one knew giant man was coming out until the Legos. Right, and then Legends had a giant man figure too. Right. Um, also, recently, Thor Ragnarok, he had the lightning in the set, and that was kind of—I mean, it was a low-level spoiler, but no. 
Superman, not really a spoiler. Everyone knew that was happening. Right, right, right. But that was also in a Lego set. Yeah. And yeah, it's a fine line. Um, and we, we'll, we'll talk more about spoilers and, and how I view them uh, later on. But I was just wondering what your stance was on that. Um, I'll go. Um, uh, I, I want this toy called Recoil. It's a laser tag toy, kind of. It brings first-person shooters, FPSs, to real life. Um, I want it because I really like laser tag, and I don't want to go into an indoor stadium, make it the only way I can play laser tag, and also because it looks really cool. Um, Poppy? Well, so a little bit about Recoil. So I've been a laser tag fan since I was a little kid. One of my best Christmases ever. Everybody in my neighborhood got the old school laser tag, the one they had like the cartoon and the comic book for. Yep, ditto. It, it had the vest with the Velcro sensor that goes in the middle. The ball the, cap. Yeah, the ball cap. Bit, yeah. And the black laser tag gun. I even, I even had like the official like rule handbook and all that stuff. I was all into it. But everybody that Christmas got it. So there was like l- at least 10 of us that got laser tag for, Chris- for Christmas that year. So we had a big laser tag. So it was a lot of fun. You, on the other hand, have been searching for your laser tag. Um, and we had one, if you remember, that had like a little thing where you put the phone on. Yeah, there was, right. a, there was a Nerf laser tag one. Yeah, and, and it was kind of AR-based. Whatever. It was all right. But I've actually done some research on this recoil one. It looks pretty cool. Um, I think it was last Christmas, one of my family members got me Laser X. I'm sure you've seen it on yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. They've yeah. been... Um, uh, advertising it a lot, even after it was kind of big, I guess. It wasn't really that big. But I got it for Christmas recently, and it was it it was pretty good. It wasn't nearly as good as if you're going to a place like Jake was saying. Yeah. But it worked. I think it would have been better if I'd done it in the dark, because I've heard it's a lot better if you're doing it in the dark. But we did it during the day just around the house, and it worked the um you could attach headphones and it would play audio like when you got hit right, right. and yeah. everything. It didn't seem really very accurate though. No, because and like it you ate could batteries. You, it, it ran out of batteries very quickly. Like now I've grabbed it to play when someone um came over to my house and it just didn't work. Well the the recoil one, so it's it's definitely a commitment because you have to have a phone. Yeah. It does not work without the phone. Um, it comes with a little Wi-Fi base that you put, and it's it's primarily made to play outside. They recently just updated the app for an inside mode, but it leverages GPS, so you have like respawn points, like you have to go to a specific place to respawn. That's cool. The gun has the the motion like feedback. That's why it's called recoil. Does the headphone thing as well. A um, lot of different game types that are like video games. And then one of the cool things that I didn't know was that if somebody wants to play and they don't have a gun. They can use the. F- uh, they can phone. just. They can just use the phone, and they can be uh, like a medic and go around and heal people, or they can be like a, a commander and like give commands and call in airstrikes and things like that. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what's always got me with the laser tag. Like I've gotten when I had the laser he- X, like I was saying, um, I had two guns, and I can have two people play. Yep. Two people. Just uh, they can stand there and watch. <laughs> they can't play. Right. Right. That's the thing with that. You have to get other people to get it. So when Jacob was talking about, you know, putting this top of his list, I was like, that's great, but hopefully some other people do too. You know? 
Yeah, I've been, you know, I've been going to my group chats and stuff and being like, you get this game. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, all right. So for me, um, you know, I don't know. I don't have like a big, you know, actually I do know what I want. I want a really good pair of gaming headphones. That's probably the top of my list. Something that I can use, um, you know, primarily for games, but then I can also use with other devices as well. So there's a Plantronics RX eight a rig. I think it's called a Plantronics Rig eight hundred. Sounds like something from Ready Player <laughs> One. Yeah, and then there's another um, Steel Series Arctic Three, the one I was showing you yesterday. It's a Bluetooth. That works with a Nintendo Switch and everything. Yeah, I want that. Um, that one's cool because you can do Bluetooth and wired at the same time, um, which is what you need for the Nintendo Switch. So, um, so you know, that's about 150 bucks for like a really good, well, for a good gaming headset. Um, and really obviously, good ones are around like thousands. Well, they're they're like three to four hundred dollars. I don't need all that, but something. The, the the one that I want, the Plantronics, the one that's cool about that is it supports Dolby Atmos. Which right now, Xbox One is the only console that will support Dolby Atmos. So when you're wearing it, you get full spatial sound, not just around you, but up and down. So like if there's a character above you, it'll sound like they're literally above you. Or if they're below you, you can hear them kind of below you, kind of coming for you. It's pretty cool. Jacob, you taking notes on this? <laughs> yeah, I am. He's going <laughs> to be I'll expecting mark it. I'll for you. I'll send it to him. There you go. Um, anything else? Um, Let's see. I heard Jacob mention Ready Player One. That looks really awesome. And I know Spielberg's a great director, so that that yeah. could be really cool. Um, that one's going to be interesting because I've actually read the book. So have I. Um, and I, it was really good. I, I caught up with Jacob, and there's a lot of really cool pop culture references. There's a lot of cool stuff. There's no way you can film that movie exactly the way it is in the book. You can get pretty close, I think, Um but it's going to be interesting to see what they pick and choose, what they change. Uh, but the overall story is a lot of fun. That that can be a, a if if they do it right, this could be Steven Spielberg, like at his height. The um, CGI looks amazing, and I saw I saw Iron Giant in it, and you just mentioned the pop culture references. Oh yeah, there's Back to the Future, there's Iron Giant. So is it basically just a huge? Um, Virtual reality. VR um, world that you just go into any time and play. Yeah, so there's this guy. Can I, can I? Halliday. Jacob, go ahead. So there's this guy, Halliday, and he makes this giant VR uh, MMO that becomes really big. And he he's had it for, it's been around for like 20 years. It's, it's been around for a long time. And the main character, I forgot his name. Uh, Wade. Wade. Yeah, Wade Wilson. No, Wade Wilson's Deadpool. That's Deadpool. <laughs> oh, uh, Wade. Ryan Wade's Reynolds is the main character. <laughs> <laughs> Wade. Uh, Deadpool is in the movie, though. Funny yeah, enough, the, the actor for Wade, if that's his name, um, is Cyclops. Yeah, Ty Sheridan. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, Wade sees that when Halliday died, he sent out this video that said, I've hidden this Easter egg in my game, and if you get it, you will literally own my company, own the whole game, become a god in this game. You well, you inherit all his entire fortune. Yeah, you'd be and, a multi-billionaire. Yeah. So that's what the story's about. 
and at the start of the book he says um no no don't 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 say more than that so the the whole pop culture comes in because Halliday is a kid from the 80s and he grew up on pop culture so in order to solve his quest you have to know pop culture he's littered it with pop culture references yeah like some of the things that you have to do to figure out you have to know how to play more like play old 80s video games you have to know and watch uh, movies from the 80s you need to be um enough that you would be able to live in the 80s and be able to reference stuff yeah it's pretty cool it's a great book really great book yeah i mean it might be inappropriate for some children um there's there's some inappropriate parts a lot of cursing but it's a good story yeah that's why you buy a book yep and now let's get on to our check it out. Okay, check it out is our segment where we talk about something that we've all seen, done, played, or read, and we want to have people check it out. Yeah, so th- this time we're going to cheat a little bit because usually we all say something that we're, we're going to check out, but we're going to use this space to do a mini-review first of Thor Ragnarok. We actually recorded one last week, but the audio just was just horrible, just messed up. That was my fault. I didn't check the uh, the mixer first. So we're going to kind of revisit Thor Ragnarok, and then we'll throw in, if anybody has any other check-it-outs, uh, we'll throw it in there. So you want to get us started? Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we won't spoil anything since this isn't a fully fresh review, but we'll just say our thoughts um, and how we like the story, or, or what we didn't like. Um, I really like the story. Um, my only concern was, was that there wasn't that much, n- like, new surprises. There was a lot of new surprises, but there wasn't, like, a lot of new places or new people that you meet other th- other than from the trailer. I don't know about that. I would, uh, well... This I mean, whole this whole movie was about new, right? yeah. But Cause they, they I'm talking about from the trailers though. Like, oh well, you know, I don't watch trailers. So. But the first teaser trailer, you could have seen the main planet that they go to, and the others. So it's not that big and new. Well, that's a, that's a different thing than whether you like the movie, right? I mean, that's yeah. That's I the love the movie. Right. Very funny. Um, something that I liked about it is it took Thor. From being this god that's been in these past two movies, the second one wasn't as good, but, like, him being this god that's been on Asgard the whole time, and he's, like, way bigger and better than everyone, and shrunk him down to this person that is not as amazing and godly, and he has to battle people who aren't, uh, who usually he could just destroy, but, um... This kind of, like, weakened Thor and brought him down until, obviously, later. And he, um, he's more of a normal person. You know, so uh, this movie is definitely a funny movie. He does, there's a lot of, like, self-deprecating jokes where he kind of makes jokes at the expense of himself. But I think this movie is successful in that arena because of what they set up in, like, the first movie. Right, if you go back to the first Kenneth Branagh Thor, when he's in the diner and he th- takes his glass and he throws it down, right. and he's like, "More mead," you know. I have no. 
he's he's totally oblivious to why that's wrong, right? He's in his mind, he's clearly in the right. There's nothing wrong with what he just did. So it's funny because of that, because he's just totally unaware of societal norms and how he should behave. Now it's completely different, right? Now he's a little bit more self-aware. Yeah, he's so he's been to Earth a few times. He he can speak. Uh, he can talk about stuff that's regular in everyday life. But like, if you went back to the first Thor movie, he he wouldn't even be able to talk about Starbucks or a phone or something like that. But now he can, you know, he knows how to call people. Well, in, in the first Thor movie too, he was also very full of himself. Yeah. Right? right. So like Kieran was saying, you know, like he was I'm above everybody, nobody's better than me, and now he's very self-aware. He's more, a lot more compassionate. Um so a lot of the jokes that he does now because of who he's become, they I mean they work a lot better. It but took him down a peg and um sorry before you go. I would like to say the thing I didn't completely love about it is um the fact that it kind of the jokes were a little too often. Like I know he's Thor, and the what Marvel has said is he's been around Tony Stark, who's probably the most sarcastic Marvel character currently, and um, and that kind of made him funnier and all that. But in this movie, it took it took all the serious parts out because it's just as soon as something really horrible is about to happen. Thor says a sarcastic joke, and then Hulk does something pouty and whiny, and then Korg says something funny. It's just, it's kind of, it doesn't have any feeling with it. The, that the, the heavy moments don't resonate as much, right? There's right, I, I think what happened is, since you guys were talking about the first and the third, I think the first one, he's the fish out of water, so he's the butt of the jokes, like you're saying. And now that he's um, experienced... Um, earth and and he mentions early on so it's not too much of a spoiler that he's that there's a there's a time gap right there where he's been other places too it doesn't say where that now he's kind of our lens you know i always talk to kieran about how you you kind of need somebody that's you in a movie that you can like uh it doesn't have to be the narrator but it needs to be somebody you can identify with and he's that guy in this movie when you have a lot of people who you definitely can't mm-hmm. identify with because they are um aliens they're aliens Gods. and godish level people that are uh, have problems that we couldn't identify with. So, so yeah. he becomes the the joker instead of the butt of the jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, so one thing I will say about the jokes, because I think this has been um, definitely a, a point of, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say controversy, but um, it's kind of this love-hate relationship with this movie, right? So you, I completely agree, right? I mean, so obviously this, <coughs> excuse me, obviously this movie is called Thor Ragnarok, right? So there's there's no there shouldn't be a spoiler as to what happens to Asgard, right? But I'm not going to go into too much detail. Something bad happens, and then like you said, Korg has this joke which is really funny, but it undercuts the seriousness of what just happened, right? Right. And that happens all the time. Now, that is the type of movie you're going to get with the director that they chose. Right, they went with Taika Waititi. You've seen his previous movies. He's um, really funny. He he's done mostly comedies. Yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People is one of the best movies ever. Yeah, I I loved it. Uh, hold on. Um, so that's what you're gonna get. But what I will say is, I appreciate. Cause what the, I don't know what movie this is in the in the total MCU. I mean, we're oh in, the, in the twenties at 20, this point, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we've had a number of MCU movies. So what I do appreciate 
is them making a totally different movie. Absolutely, right? yeah. I mean, this is whatever you think. This is a comedy first. This is a superhero movie that really is a buddy comedy movie, not a you know buddy cop. <coughs> well, I wouldn't even say buddy cop. I mean, it's 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 a you know it's a it's a, almost a straight up comedy. It has some really cool action scenes, but the drama is definitely second to the comedy in this movie. Well, I think it might. Is it a response to the criticism that Doctor Strange was the same same movie as Iron Man? Like a lot of people said, Doctor Strange is identical to Iron Man. You know, hero gets hurt. Hero comes back resurrected in some way. Hero kicks butt. The yeah, end. I, mean. I, I think I think it's I think that criticism was in place before we even got to Doctor Strange about True. the whole Marvel formula, right? You, on the one hand, it's great. You know what you're going to get. You see the Marvel brand, regardless of the character. You know what you're going to get. Um, but after so many movies, it gets stale, and you want it to remain fresh. And new characters aren't going to just do that. You need that as Marvel for breeze. As you were talking about. Um, Taika Waititi, he, uh, I've seen many, like, things on the internet where they're talking about how Taika puts himself in his own movie and is the greatest character in it. Yeah. And, um, that just, he is, was a great director in this movie. I haven't seen his other films, but he he was a great director and great character as far as Korg. And that just made it. Even though I was criticizing how much jokes were in it, yeah. that that just made it so much funnier and greater. Yeah, it, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I think it's it's nice to see that Marvel is taking chances and doing things differently. Um, beyond just the jokes, I mean, the visual aesthetics of this film were phenomenal. The great nods to Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. the look of it. I mean, they they really took a lot of chances with this movie, considering they could have just gone. Whatever the formula is, it still was going to make money, and they decided not to. I like the, I like the colors. I like the idea that um, and you know they knew Justice League was coming out right on their heels too, so they anticipated like a dark DC kind of movie, and they put out like this fluorescent Marvel movie, which was really cool. They used Jack Kirby art in yeah. the uh, Sakar scenes. Yeah, and you know, honestly, one of the things I thought about with the whole you know Thor coming out in November and then Justice League coming out two weeks later. I honestly felt like it was it, it was a little bit of Marvel flexing their muscles that we're Marvel, we can really put anything up there and we're still going to be better than <laughs> Justice League. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Our right. brand is so strong now that you know we're going to put Thor, which if you look at any ranking of all the MCU movies, the he's Thor, one of the less the bottom. bottom. Yeah, the yeah, Thor, bottom. Thor one and Thor two are usually towards the bottom, especially Thor two. It's usually yeah. like the bottom two are always you know whether I agree with it or not. It's Thor. always Iron Man 2 and Thor 2. I don't like Thor 2. I didn't like it. I didn't like Thor 2. And I'm like the only person that liked it. Yeah, you Thor are. Thor 2? Yeah. I, no. I didn't I, like Thor 2. And maybe it's, cause, maybe it's because I like moments. Right? There was, okay. the, there was moments in Thor 2 that I liked. And that's when I think about that movie, I always think about the same moments. Well, I mean, you need Thor 2 because it was it was a way to roll in the whatever the red gem is in this. In the oh, yeah. reality gem. The reality gem. So yeah. the, the ether, the whatever ether. they want to call it. And so you needed that, but I did feel like that was just what it was for. It was just to get to either out there a villain I can kill and or jettison somehow, yeah, and move on with. So the, you know, when I think about Thor two, though, the things that I did like were um, I liked the the continued relationship with Loki and Thor. Oh yeah, <coughs> they did a good job with that. Um, I actually, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Agents of Shield, and they were still doing some connectivity between the films and the show at that time. And they had one episode that tied in directly with the end of, of Thor 2, so that was pretty cool. 
Um, they, so there was definitely scenes in there that I liked, but it, you know, there's a lot of it that was very forgettable. Um, look, what, let me ask you guys this: What did you think about how much they got rid of in Thor Ragnarok from all the previous Thor stuff? I feel like the fact that they took apart. Oh, I already said this, but the seriousness that we're definitely in Thor 1 and 2 where um, Frigga dies and Odin goes into the eternal slumber and all this stuff is so weighty and yeah. important. Loki supposedly dies. And um, Thor Ragnarok, a ton of bad stuff happens to Thor, but somehow he doesn't seem to be weighed on by it. Yeah, but but even like the beginning of this movie, they cleaned house, right? You got rid of the Warriors Three. You you took care of Odin, got him out of the way. I mean, it really was a clean slate. Yeah, this is Thor's new Fifty Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can look at it that way. Um, so over and and they reveal that the Valkyries are yeah. all dead, which kind of sucks because yeah. we've got that one and yeah. that's it. That I was mean, also a nice way to cover up the fact that the Valkyries weren't in the first two movies. Exactly. Well, yeah, it was because yeah. they should have been around when some of this stuff was happening. Yeah. And, and, They're and, dead. And you could always you could always introduce one or two more that was out there hiding too, right? Yeah, Brunhild's been chilling in the cosmos somewhere. Right. <laughs> I, I think, Kieran, I think that's the biggest thing I think you're dead on is, is that easily explains why we never even heard about it. Well, him. just like Rogue One. Like, that's a perfect example. Oh, all the people died at the end. That's why they weren't in the other movies. Um, right. right. True. It seems True. to happen a lot in preludes. Yeah. Where, like, they just came up with a great story that they can't really cover up, so they all die. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's that's the hardest thing when you do a, a prequel, you know, kind of story. So. All right. Anything else, Jacob? Um, this is still check it out. Hmm. No, anything else with, with Thor Ragnarok? Oh, no. No, no. No, I'm so it's been out for a few weeks. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Definitely see it for sure. Find that free leisure time. I got one more. Check it out. What's your check it out? So I'm gonna throw a check it out for Movie Pass. So if you don't know what Movie Pass is, <gasps> I love Movie Pass. Go to MoviePass.com. Uh, I signed up a while ago. So Movie Pass is a service where you pay nine ninety five a month. They send you like a little movie pass, MasterCard, whatever, and you can go see, well, any regular movie. It doesn't include 3D or, or anything like that or IMAX. Um, but you can go see at least one movie a day for your nine ninety five a month. So it's the way it works is you have an app. Um, you have to actually be within vicinity of whatever theater you're going to go to. You check in. They load up the money on the card. You go buy your ticket with a card like you would do normal, and you go see the movie. And you can do that once every 24 hours. All right, so, so I remember this coming out. Well, it came out well, a couple years ago. I think it rebooted, sort of, rebooted under a different name yeah. last Christmas time, right? No, th- this reboot happened about four or five months ago. Okay. I was hearing that some some certain theaters were pulling out or something. Is that not what happened? Well, they're trying to, but the way it works, they, they so really can't. <laughs> the way it works is they really can't because the only way that they can truly block it is by not taking MasterCard. Because, oh. because, because they load the money on the MasterCard. MasterCard. Right. Dang. So, okay. So they would have to. That knocks out a bunch of customers. Yeah. So they can't do that. But exactly. but it's only good for my ticket. Like if Kieran and I go, uh, it's just right. it's just one free ticket. Right. Right. So you'd have to basically have another movie pass subscription. Still, that's cheaper than a ticket. Yeah. If you if you go see at least one movie a month, it pays for itself. Right. So. Okay, I have a check it out. Um, I actually said this on the last video, but since it didn't 
uh, th- since the audio was messed up, that didn't air. So I'm going to ch- say you should check out The Gauntlet, which is a True. book by Owen Colfer, and it's a Marvel book. And uh, many. You have? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Good stuff. So, it's a very good book, and Owen Colfer is a very notable and good author. He can, he's done um, Artemis Fowl. Artemis, yeah, he did Ar- Artemis Fowl. He did Supernatural. He did Airman. I haven't read Supernatural, Wasp, but I it's think. supposed to be good. So you said this is a Marvel book? Yeah, it's a Marvel book. It's a Marvel book. Um, there's you've probably there's seen like four of them, I think. Now, yeah. The, there's um, okay. So don't get confused. There's MCU books. Yeah, yeah. For each MCU movie. And that is not a good book. It's, it's just a like book. a movie adaptation. Basically, they took yeah. the screenplay yeah. and put it into a book. Yeah. And um, these are actual books have nothing to do with the comics or the movies. They've done, um, they've done two Black Widows. They've done Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Squirrel meets Squirrel meets World. And um, Miles, Miles Morales by oh, yeah. Jason Reynolds, who writes Ghost. Yeah. Uh, but this is another one in the series, like, somewhat series. So they so they get like hot contemporary authors that are already writing very popular children's books and have them write it instead of finding some well, that's cool. unknown to just do some story of the movie. Like I said about Jason Reynolds, he, who did the Miles Morales one, he wrote Ghost. Um, and Patina. And Patina. And then Shannon Hale wrote The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. And she wrote some princess books. But, I mean, I don't know about that. Because <laughs> I'm not a girl. But um, they're supposed to be good. So these are, like, legit good authors. And they're taking them and making them write Marvel books. And they, for example, because I haven't read the other Marvel ones. But Gauntlet is not Marvel book. It's Iron Man and Mandarin and everyone else isn't. Oh nice. Like they they introduce they introduce a girl who hacks the um uh the Friday AI. Yeah. And it's and it's in Ireland, isn't it? Yes, it's in because Ireland. Because Colfer's Irish Colfer's and all Irish. his stuff's always in Ireland. But um um Owen does a great job of not even like um referencing the books except for Iron Man Friday and Mandarin. Everyone else is characters he created. Like, there's some uh, gangsters, I think, that Mandarin has hired. Not in the comics. I looked it up. I was like, I was like, oh, my God, these are some cool characters. I need to know about the comics and everything, and they're not in the comics. Um, the Irish girl that hacks the AI is in the comics, but he flushes them out very well for only being in one book. That's pretty cool. I'm going to have to get some of those. I'll put, some, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So people can get to that. Um, one, one last comment before we move, move on to the review. There actually are some comics for the MCU that aren't just rehashes. Have you ever read Fury's Big Week? So Fury, Fury's Big Week takes place during, I think it's during Phase 1, and it fills in a lot of the gaps of what Nick Fury was doing like in between movies. Um, <coughs> and it's all canon, which is pretty cool. But that's a really cool series. Um and I think there's there's a few more like that that fill in gaps, uh, either before or or in between movies. Uh, but Fury's Big Week is the, the first one that comes to mind. But I started getting, they, they, I think they started that kind of at the beginning, like telling like real stories, and then they got kind of lazy, and now everything that comes out that's tied to it is just a rehash of the movie. So 
I haven't really paid attention to them lately, but early on they were actually like real canon stories that that filled in gaps. So, um, now let's get on to our review. FPM play. Review of the week. So after the grudge match. All right, let, we'll we'll tie it, let's tie the grudge match into the review. That'll be easy. Okay. Uh, All right, so Jacob, what are we reviewing? Today we're reviewing Justice League. Um, uh, I liked it. It's had Justice League is a movie that came out last week. Where's Alexa? Alexa's not here. So Alexa's our new co-host, but we we, uh, we didn't bring her. Um, so uh, Justice League brings together all of the heroes: Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Cyborg. Who, who am I missing? Um, Aquaman. 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 And supposedly, I've, I've heard the tagline the, or the, the log line a million times. In the wake of Superman's death, they have a renewed hope and have to gather the, the all the heroes together to fight an impending doom. Wolf and Wolf, Wolf, um, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Um, Rated PG thirteen. What What I thought of this was, this is probably. Alongside Wonder Woman and my favorite DCE movie of all time. I have not seen Suicide Squad, but I've heard really bad things about it, so I don't think that one should. Are you counting like any Batman movies? No. Oh, so okay. then I'm only counting so three movies. Like, four yeah. movies. Yeah, they, they only have. Four it. movies. Because so <laughs> I'm not counting Suicide Squad. But, uh, so just reboot movies. Like yeah, the, the Man, right, is still, Man is still on. Technically, right. any of the Dark Knight movies do not count as right, DCEU right, right, right. Right, right. movies. Right. But um, this is a good movie. Do I suggest you see it? Yes. But there are some, um, there are some things that I feel like could, they could have done better. Um, st- I'll start off with things I think they did well. Uh, they did a good job of making it a uh, not as like, dark and sad movie, as they have the last few DCEU movies. And the trailers made it look like it would be, because they were showing parts from the climax of the movie where it was very dark, because, I mean, the guy's attacking the Earth. But the rest of the movie is um, very bright. And um, another thing I think they did well is, considering the fact that they had this movie and a few clips of um, BVS... BVS, Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Um, the best. I mean, the thing they did really well with that was they um brought in these characters that had only been in like one tiny from clips like from minutes. one movie. Yeah. Uh, and they fleshed them out very well in like four or five scenes. Uh, the whole connection with Cyborg and his dad and Flash and his dad were done well like that. Yeah. And uh, they didn't take up the whole movie because it had to be a team movie. So that was something to do well. Yeah, I I really agree with how you said that it was really light. I feel like this movie was the movie where they took the movies that they've made so far and they said, we're going to use this as our restart. We're going to make it light. People didn't like it, so we're going to change up how we're going to do our movies. So this was their basically their first DCEU movie for, like... Their new type of movies. It sets up the future movies. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this is, I don't know, we'll see. I, I think this is where we might have a, a divide based on age, right? Because <laughs> um, I can definitely see how 
it would play better to a younger audience. Now, one thing I would argue is while I do feel like they injected more jokes and tried to make it a little bit lighter, I do think this was the plan from the beginning. Yes. Right? Yeah. If you go back to Man of Steel, you have the whole scene with his mom saying you don't owe anybody anything. Right? It was very much a different Superman than we're used to. And it was the first like 48 hours of him really accepting his powers and having to be Superman. He didn't know how to be Superman. And that ended with a whole bunch of bad stuff happening. Then Batman vs. Superman comes out. You find out that Batman is an old man. He's been doing this for 20 years. You know, you see the connection with, with the end of Man of Steel. Superman's still kind of trying to find his way. He wants to be a better person. He wants to be Superman. But he's not the Superman yet. I don't think they did quite a good job of conveying that transition, which supposedly happened. Um, and then Justice League, because you know, Batman and Superman has been out a while, because Superman died in that movie, Justice League was always supposed to be the response to that, like, hey, we need to get our stuff together and be heroes. I think that was the natural art from the beginning that Zack Snyder wanted to do. Now, we can definitely argue whether he was doing a good job at that, right? He, he was taking a very dark <laughs> road to get right. there, and they had to tone it up a bit. Um, it's I, tough to look at the three as like three acts, like he was right. Star Wars trilogy or right. something. And I think it's because, like, like we've talked about um, off mic, is that Man of Steel was never intended to boot a universe. Right. So you're kind of dealing with that you're and re- trying to rewrite the story. Yeah. yeah. So it's tough because, you, I mean, because Man of Steel should have been a kind of weighty movie because you're right. He wasn't Superman. Kind of trying to figure it all out. And as he sort of uh, embraces his his superiority over humanity and is kind of kind of trying to figure out that divide, he's getting attacked by, you know, Zod and all this. And then the second one, you know, Martha saves the day. Thank right. goodness for Martha's oh, everywhere, yeah. really. Save and Martha. everybody had to save the Martha. But you Martha. Know, when, when you look at Batman versus so, Superman, I mean, though, don't you think, like, even if this was the direction all along, imagine, go back to Batman versus Superman, and imagine if Superman was, like, because of Man of Steel and how badly his first day on the job went, Martha, he totally went 180 degrees and yeah. and became the bright symbol of hope, the Boy Scout. I don't care who who the person is, if it's a cat in the tree, I'm saving it. Right, you know that's Superman. Right, contrast that with the dark veteran, 20 years in, Robin's been killed, the joke, all this bad stuff's happened to Batman. If you had that clear contrast between the two in Batman vs. Superman, that would have made that movie infinitely stronger, which would have been a great catapult for Justice League to say, you know what, Superman was right, Clark was right, you know, the light is always better than the dark, Batman's going to step out of the shadows, build this team, and then, you know, move forward. Well, and there's there's moments, too, where I I will say, and I don't know, you know, we've talked about this, too, that I don't know what Whedon... um, injected and what Snyder meant, but whatever the movie is that we got, I think it does show that Bruce is very aware that his method doesn't work. Like he, it's, it's what he has to deal with cause it's his past with his, you know, the famous you know origin story of his parents being killed and all that. And he understands he's the dark Knight, and he will always be the dark Knight. but I think he's willing to challenge other people that there's a better path. And I think that because he's got, he's the, the one he wrote with age on him. I mean, if you don't count that Wonder Woman's however old she is, then I think it's it's okay for him to be kind of the grizzled vet and the rest of the team to be kind of a little more, well, somewhat hopeful. I guess, you know, Aquaman's still young too. But um, 
because you have some exchanges with Wonder Woman where they kind of set that up where, you know, here, I, he, my excuse for being so, so grizzled and negative is that I've been doing this for 20 something years and nobody else was. Especially yeah. when all we've seen of Wonder Woman is the one movie where she was becoming Wonder Woman, even though she's had those. And that was in the forties. Exactly. Yeah. Even though she's had those hundred years or whatever of experience, we haven't seen that. All we've well, seen is well, what was in the she end of really, Batman vs Superman. She, she doesn't really have forty years though, because if you remember from uh, Batman v Superman, she she looked like this was the first time that she came out in you know a long time to come and help uh, humanity. Because she's been holed up because of Trevor. Yeah. Well, I think that's what Batman says, right? He says he's like you know my parents died and when I was a little kid, and I've you know generated my entire life around saving innocents, yeah. and it and it hasn't been fun. And I've lost a lot of innocence along the way. You, when your love interest dies, you've like fade away for 70 years. Like, you know, who's really wrong? And he knows he's wrong, but that's his defense mechanism saying, you know, don't criticize me, woman, because I've been doing this forever. And, you know, and, and this is where I'll, I'll inject a little bit of our grudge match, right? Because when they announced that they were going to make this slate of movies and this is the way they were going to go, and it was, we're going to make one more movie and then jump into Justice League, basically. I was not a fan of that, right? I, I really did like the Marvel method of building up and um, getting to the Avengers. Now, in their case, they had to. They had no choice. Their characters did not have the same brand recognition, right? DC, they were banking on the fact that people could recognize their characters. But the one thing they that I still felt that they were missing was that even though you can recognize the characters, people didn't know the characters, yeah. right? And then they also had the whole conflict with the all the CWDC stuff that's wildly popular, and it's a totally different take. So that you know, they really, if they're going to do a different brand of those characters, they really needed to take the time to build them up and do something with them. Um, so the fact that they didn't do that, when I look at Justice League and when I look at the best parts of that movie, it makes me almost sad and disappointed because I think about the movie that could have been if they had built it up properly. There could have been so many more of those moments where the whole theater is just like cheering and clapping because this is the Justice League. I love the Avengers, but the Justice. But League. this is the Justice League. I mean, this is I the, mean, the Trinity. This. So is I found myself as I watched it comparing the moments. So you know, you think about the first time the Avengers are brought together in the first film. It's it's on the helicarrier. Yeah. And so you have that whatever that sort of, I don't know what you would call that area, but the, you know, Nick Fury's area when Tony walks in and makes fun of how he couldn't oh, see the, one the bridge. side. They're on the bridge. The bridge, yeah. yeah. So, so you've got that big table, and you you see all their personalities in their, in their body language and how they're sort of introducing themselves to each other. You know, Tony has the famous introduction with Bruce. You know, I'm a, yeah. a billionaire philanthropist, and you're a big green rage monster, <laughs> and all that. And I was comparing that to... Um, I guess it was in the bottom of Wayne Manor somewhere right. where they were having their little their little exchange, and you know Batman's kind of putting everybody to task, or some of the uh, the little scenes in the Flying Fox, yeah. and and they're not far off, but they felt like Whedon. I mean, it felt like the same thing yeah. with different characters. Like they could have very well had the same conversations. Yeah, but to, you know, going to back to Karen's point, I do think that they did as good a job as they could building up like Cyborg and some of these characters, considering, but. If you had had that build up before, now you really know those characters, so you could you those moments where they do come together, they work a lot better. 
right? Because you know where they're coming from into those scenarios. So. Yeah, because if they took the time for Justice League, one of the big things would would be that how how Flash is like super powerful. Because in this movie, most people thought it was just a dude who could run fast and had lightning coming out of his butt cheeks when he ran. I mean, that's all they knew so far. But then in this movie, they used him is it only his butt cheeks. I, I, saw, I saw some I think coming out of his um, his armpits, maybe. Yeah, as he, as he I, saw, runs. I saw it because you open up that gate when yeah. it's the gates down here. <laughs> that, I said that gate. I didn't well, say there's your more than gate. one gate. Okay. I guess so. I don't know. So um, they used him to explain some of his powers because they talked about the Speed Force, and then they also used Cyborg to explain more of the Mother Boxes and what Doomsday's gonna bring. Which they still didn't do enough of. No. But, you know, looking at the Flash, though, I think they could have done a hybrid, right? I don't think they really had to do a movie for every single character building up, especially like Batman, Superman. We know those guys. Yeah. Wonder Woman, her movie was great to give her enough backstory. Um, I think it probably it, it would have been nice to maybe at least have the Cyborg movie beforehand. We could have done a lot of exposition on the mother boxes, a lot of them build up, you know, not fully explain everything, but done enough. And then leave the Flash as the lone new character in this movie, right? I mean, Aquaman, I guess, is getting his own movie, but you could have really kind of built the movie around the Flash, and he could have been the surrogate for the audience. You think they were afraid to do, like, a uh, Cyborg or Aquaman movie after, like, something like Green Lantern? Because you think about Green Lantern, you've got Ryan Reynolds, who should sell some tickets on his own. You throw Ray Fisher in a movie, I mean, he's not going to sell tickets. I do. And Jason Momoa's... Um, I hear is very attractive to the females, but he's not going to sell tickets. I mean, so I think that they, I don't know. I think that was that. And, you know, as much money, think about how much money they spent. They're supposed to lose. I saw an estimated 50 to a hundred million on this. A hundred billion. A hundred million. A hundred million. Oh, a hundred million. Drop three zeros. Um, (laughs) But um, that's what, uh, think about how much they didn't pay superstars. I mean, they got Ben Affleck is, the only mega star in it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, and it, in theory, though, it could have worked, right? I mean, you do have the brand recognition. You bring them all together, then launch. I mean, and, and they really want to be different than Marvel. But yeah. in this case, you know, I, I think they could have done a hybrid approach. Um, On a completely different note, I want to say something I really did not like was the CGI. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just hear all those DC fanboys in the backgrounds screaming about how we always harp on this but it's not good yeah it's too much too much the steppenwolf just isn't good he looks like he came out of a fighting game like he exactly he looks like he's from a video game and they did uh parademons they did well with yeah Um, i love cyborg was okay um i actually thought cyborg worked there were certain scenes though where you see someone being thrown or kicked or whatever and then you just uh, you're just like I can tell this is just bad CGI. It's uh, especially when you see movies like Guardians, and then you see this. It's just a completely different range. Well, I, I think that I think there's there's close-ups of the Parademon. There's a par- there, I forget at what point. I know there's one at the beginning, and then there's one toward the end. But where the Parademon's face comes close to you, that's really good. Yeah, and it's like they knew where they had to spend money. Right. But yeah, Steppenwolf throughout is just garbage let's, yeah. let's do this let's 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 dig into the ending and kind of future of the, of the dceu and spoilers it's time for 
Spoilers. You have been warned. Wait, before, right before we go into spoilers, talking about how people don't don't really know the characters. We had this thing in class. We were talking about um, myths and legends from Greek mythology, and they were comparing it to regular superheroes. Uh, some people picked Wonder Woman, and there was one question where, how is she great? And most people just picked, she she can fly, and she has an invisible jet. Uh, and, and me being me, I, I like to argue a lot, and also I know a lot about these superheroes. So I was in the corner, I sit in the back of this, this class, I was in the corner going, she's a goddess! And no one, no one really believed me, and so it was the Flash. It was, they think, that the Flash got hit by lightning, right? That's that's his origin story to regular people. But then, when you get into it, he was hit by like a particle accelerator, which changed his genes and stuff, and connected him to this whole speed force. And then nobody really knew anything about Cyborg. And they say that in the movie. He said they're like, yeah, he when they're digging the grave. Yeah. It was that awkward moment between Cyborg and Flash, where Flash is kind of trying to start like a like a friendship with them yeah. and Cyborg's not in it and um Teen Flash, Titan movie f- what? the Teen Titan movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta have and it and Flash is uh explaining how he's like so, yeah so you died and all that but uh yeah I got he's like Cyborg I think says you got hit by lightning right and he's like yeah that's that's the short version right there's a lot more in depth than people see yeah and you know so one of the things I kept on hearing was that Warner Brothers, because of Batman versus Superman and reaction to that, that they mandated that the runtime be two hours or less. And I think that was a detriment to the film because there's these moments that could have breathed more between the characters, those interactions that could have helped you out. Um, I, I've, I've been on the fence with, with Barry Allen and the way they portrayed The Flash. Um, but I... I I, I like the fact that they're taking a totally different take on the character, right? Barry Allen traditionally is a scientist. He's a you know works at police department. Friends, he's a very smart guy. He's he's not this like green rookie that they portray in the movies. Um, in the movies, he's 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 a lot younger. He's not a CSI yet. He just he's gotten his powers and um, he he's kind of very scared and nervous, right? He's excited. Yeah. But he's scared. Like he's the, the whole thing of I've never fought anybody before. He's the Wally West, or, the, or the, even the impulse right. character right. part. He's just really young. Yeah, um, he said that I haven't really fought anybody yet. I've just ran up and pushed them. Right. And run. Um, so I, you know, I like the fact that the way they set him up. I'm now interested to see right. where he goes next. Um, <clears throat> but I, I feel like I, I've overall been very negative about this movie. But there's a lot of a lot of things in this movie that I did like. And that's where my, I think where my negativity stems from is I feel like there was a great movie hidden within a good movie. Yeah, um, one of my favorite parts was that it showed that the Justice League isn't strong enough to beat somebody yet. Because if you remember from the end, they didn't actually beat him. They just beat uh, Stephen Wolf's, uh, they, bro- they broke his axe and he got scared and he got, you know, taken back to... Uh, where he was, where he came from, because you know he has the parademons on him, trying to eat him alive. I mean, so it showed that they just got him away from Earth. They didn't really stop him. Now let's talk about what I think is probably one of the best scenes in the entire movie. 
Now, one of the things that I do like about DC heroes is they are stronger, right? So if they're written correctly, you get some amazing scenes with their powers and stuff. The scene where Superman comes back. Oh, that's money. That scene right there. Is that was amazing. Flashes face. And it was done. It was done well. The CGI was better during that yeah, scene. Yeah. yeah. When he when they're he's basically single handedly like taking everyone, and the Flash is running and he turns his head in the that speed force. And while and then while Barry is like, oh my god, he can like see me in real Bear, time in Bear. my time. That was priceless. That was amazing. I could look at Barry's face. I could watch the movie, not to have any sound, and just zoom in on Barry's face. Yeah. The whole movie. There are scenes where I was just watching a scene, and I was like, just it was just a boring th- scene where it's not like really there's nothing happening. They're just like going somewhere. And you're just looking, and he's going up, and he's at the Wayne Manor, I think. And they're going up in the elevator, and everyone's just standing there. And it's like an epic moment. And then you see Flash in the background. He's just, like, mm-hmm. so happy. Yeah, his mouth so cool. is wide yeah. open. Yeah. And, <gasps> like, just elated to be in the um, that cave. Or whatever, and he kind of. Well, then he has the whole moment where he runs around the cave. Yeah, well, one of our theories about the um, about the Flash was that the lightning was just showing him as he was in the Speed Force. We thought that would be the reason, and then when we saw the part where he was running around the Bat Cave, that broke the theory because you could see the lightning and the sparks coming out. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, I, and as my, I don't know if I have anything else to say after this, but. I, I, overall, I did I did like the movie. I will I would say go watch it. Um, it has plenty of great scenes. I really hope they lean into the fun of the superheroes. Right? Um, they have a, a lot of really cool scenes when Superman picks up Wonder Woman and they're like midair and he headbutts her into the ground, stuff like. That. I mean, there's so many moments like that that we can get. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to, to you know maybe take a break from blowing up the world and do something a little bit smaller. You know, the whole Lex Luthor, Legion of Doom tease at the end of the movie. That would be, I think, a great way to go. Um, Something just earthbound um, and having a lot more opportunity. It would be great if, you know, the tease of turning Wayne Banner into the Hall of Justice actually becomes something. And You know, because I loved loved Justice League Unlimited, the cartoon. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. If you get more that of that, good yeah, show. if you get more of a feel of that, but in live action, sign me up. Well, and you have an opportunity with um with Flash and, and maybe Cyborg to to do some some light stuff. And since Aquaman has started off as the kind of I don't know I don't know if he's the Wolverine character, but he's kind of that yeah, gruff th- guy. Yeah, yeah. pessimistic. He has character. to go up, right? Yeah. That's the arc he's got to go on to become. You know, I, I liken him to Aragorn. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's Aragorn. He needs to be, go be the king and be kingly. Wear your crown and do your thing. You know? Yeah, don't lose an arm or anything. To, to one of my favorite fork. parts. <laughs> one of my favorite parts was when you you saw that this movie was light when they were in the little Quinjet type Justice League plane, and uh, Aquaman was sitting on the Batmobile, and um, they started making him be dramatic because they had the lasso on his leg. That's when you saw that this movie is light, and then that they're changing it. I mean, there was other parts, but that was the part when it was, yeah, it was light. Great. Um, my dad said something about the Cyborg. That was not what I was expecting. Cyborg, I've seen Teen Titans, and Teen Titans Go, 
in Teen Titans. Well, the original Teen Titans. In the, ori- Teen Titans. In the original Teen Titans, he was he was more like this cyborg. He wasn't as silly, but he would he's I mean he's still a kid. So yeah, yeah. he this has, guy acts more like Calder. He has the jokes, and um, this I was. I thought I'd be upset because I did kind of expect him not to be as serious, especially in the trailer when, like, all you see is him saying, I got this, Alfred, or whatever. Yeah, yeah that um, was pretty funny. But, like, um, I was – I've been expecting the silly one, and now that we got the serious one this brooding and all that stuff, it makes more sense, especially when they went the route of he just died. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to come back from dying and be like, oh, hey, I like waffles. Right. I mean, it's oh, not going to – yeah, it's not going to – that's not how it's going to go. Yeah. You're going to come back from dying, and I think it showed that throughout the movie he regressed, especially when he's talking about he doesn't understand the physics of how his toes are hurting right yeah. then. And um, he says booyah at the end, and it, it shows the progression of Cyborg throughout the movie. I will say they, they definitely used some of that CGI budget on Cyborg. That, I, I, I never – he never took me out of the movie – the way the whole mustache thing took me out of the movie. <laughs> so. Yeah, like, one, one, when it showed you that Cyborg was still adapting to what just happened to him, it showed him when he was talking to his dad. And he's like, new things keep happening to me uh, every day. And then he starts flying in the middle of the room. He's like, I couldn't do this yesterday. Yeah, and that was cool. And he says, um, this monster, he's, he comments about a monster, and it kind of shows his uh, wry... Um, his right attitude, and like he's uh saying how he he says the monster in his father's like oh you're not a monster and he's like it's funny you thought that was talking about me I know that was that was, no, a, was, that cool. was a great character it moment, shows though. how he can like he he's this I mean, he's a brooding kid who just died and yeah. came back to life and he's lost his mom and his dad is trying to make him better yeah I said I think it seems like that. Is is where and, and you know the lasso scene and the super, you, you those little moments. That's where he's like, "There's a great movie in here, great writing, exactly." Great directing in but those parts. you know, it, it's just hampered with so much other stuff that you know it's 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 a it's a shame. Yeah, like he in the movie they still show that the characters that you haven't seen yet. They explain that they didn't put out movies or because they just became that type of person. Like Aquaman, he hasn't had a villain to fight yet. The only he's person not even king yet. Yeah, yeah, he's not even king. And he doesn't even have his wife Mira yet. So it seems like in this movie it showed that these heroes they're not ready to be, you know like if you set them in a movie before this, it would just be pretty boring if you put it with the Justice League movie. Yeah, but see and, and that's where I don't think that was clear, right? Because you know, Flash was the rookie, you're gonna get him kinda learning his thing. Aquaman, they had the one little scene in, in Atlantis where it was clear that he had kind of exiled himself because he felt in between, and his movie should be about him coming back to Atlantis and claiming yeah. his right. You know, all of that should have been set up from the Justice League. Because of the events in Justice League, we now have the confidence to move forward to X, to Y, to Z, and that's the solo movies. If they had done that better, we been good. All right, let's wrap it up. Okay, so... um. Now let's say our review, uh, how much you liked it. Our ratings. Since since we're a goofy type of podcast, we decide to do objects instead of stars. So you could say um, 
five uh, tridents or, you know, something like that. Seven mother boxes. Yeah. So it's a, scale, it's a one to five scale. One, you didn't really like it. Five, you thought it was one of the best movies ever. All right. Um, I'll go first or... Okay, I'll go first. Um, I give it... I give it four messed up mustaches. Uh, I'll go next. I'm going to give it two and a half mother boxes. Okay. I'm going to do um, uh, three pokes with a pitchfork. <laughs> I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do three too. I'm going to do three, actually I'm going to do three and a half booyahs. Um, because I'm going to lean into the optimistic parts of the movie. Um because there's a lot of fun to be found in this movie, um, you got to go in with an open mind. But it's a good watch. Yeah, it's not a great movie, but it's I, fun I'm looking to watch. forward to seeing it again. I am too, actually. Yeah. The next one's Aquaman. So yeah, be ready. Yeah. So that was our show. Thank you, Mr. Wood and Kieran, for being here. You're welcome. Um, hopefully, you'll be back sometime. Thanks for having us. And do you want to give any information on social media? I would like to ask you to check out my Lego account, uh, Marvel Lego Graham. Um, yeah, don't judge me, but there <laughs> you go. Check that out. And you can DM me if you have any questions slash comments about anything Marvel or DC or Lego or nerd. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mr. Wood, do you want to... can be followed on any social media platform as at J. Kyle Wood because there's some jerk named Kyle Wood that keeps taking them before me. <laughs> but I am J. Kyle Wood, so there's that. Um, you can Twitter, find me, Insta, Facebook, whatever. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, that's it, I think. Oh, on Musical.ly if you have it. Anyways, look me up as Kid JSO, No caps, Kid J C E L. People say S a lot, but it's Kid J C E L. Uh, Poppy, do you have any information you'd like to give? Uh, last thing I'd like to say, a little kind of housekeeping is, you know, we've been off the air for a while with FPM Play. We're bringing it back, but we're actually kind of um, going a little bit bigger. Uh, we are establishing what we're calling the Pop Talk Network, and the FPM Play is going to roll up under that as a podcast. So um, look for. Bigger things with Pop Talk, and we'll work with some of our friends and get their shows out there and, you know, the YouTube channel and all that stuff. So um, look for a, a bigger and better FPM play and, and the future Pop Talk network. Yeah, if you want to look us up, we'll be, at, we'll be on poptalk.com, right? Yes, yeah. That should be where you can find us. Yeah, our last website was taken. But anyways, thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>